Welcome to Brit David Podcast and the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, I Don't Love the World, from 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Love is a sure theme in John's first epistle. He mentions love by name 46 times in this little letter. And although it is usually positive and encouraging and uplifting, he does use the word love negatively, saying that we should not love the world nor the things in the world. He even says that you can be sure that the person who loves the world doesn't have the love of the Father in him. So, this February, I declare, I don't love the world. Here's Pastor Tim. Number two, the world tempts us with its possessions. With its possessions. Secondly, he mentions the lust of the eyes. If the lust of the flesh is about longing, the lust of the eyes is about having. It's about fulfilling those passions, about possessing those things. The lust of the eyes make you want more than you need and make you dissatisfied with what you have. It will always make you look towards something else that you can gain for yourself, something else that you might have. It's the, it's the rich man that Jesus talked about when he said, what am I going to say to myself? I'm going to say, self, <laughs> you should tear down these barns and just build bigger barns. What's his idea after that? Tear down those barns and build yet bigger barns. That's the life that we live in. But that's the lust of the eyes, isn't it? To continually want more and more and more, which invites trouble. When reality finally catches up with us, then we say things like this. I think my eyes were bigger than my stomach. Right? I... I, I, I come to a point of saying, I think I bit off a little more than I can chew. We refer to it as the feast of the eyes. Feast of the eyes is grand. The feast of the eyes leaves you surprisingly empty. Because once you learn that you have possessed now that one thing that you wanted, that your heart desired... Just not as satisfying, is it? Just not quite as captivating as you thought that it might have been. The world tempts us with passion, tempts us with possessions. Thirdly, the world tempts us with its positions. If one is about longing, one is about having, this one is about being. Now, let me say this. Is there anything wrong with longing or wanting? Anything wrong with having? Anything wrong with being? Not when I find those things in Christ. I find my wants in Him. I find that He provides me to have all the things that I need. And my being, who I am, is captured in who He is. So in and of themselves, that's not wrong. 
It's what the world has done with that. Not to lead you towards Christ, but to lead you away. What does he mention these things? The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. What are we talking about now? We're talking about the pride of life. The pride of life. The position that you hold oftentimes determines your own worth. Because it's the way that the world values things. And if my thinking is like the world is thinking, if I value what the world values, then it's not enough to be at the starting point. I need to be in charge. You find people with a whole lot of problem when it comes to control. People who've not understood that you were never, whether you're talking about career or social position or church activities, your worth is never determined by your position. Never. Your worth is determined by Jesus. He demonstrates His love for you by dying on the cross while you're still a sinner. That's how you know that you're loved. Your value is based on who He says that you are. Not on what anybody else says that you are. Not like Ezel's. <laughs> but when Ezel says, eat catfish and be somebody, that's the world's philosophy. The world's philosophy says, if you will do this, if you will have this, if you will be this, then you can be somebody. And that's not the way Jesus does things. Jesus is the one who takes nobodies and turns them into somebodies based solely on who He is and what He has done for them. I don't love this world. I don't love the characteristics of this world. I don't love the cravings of this world. And number three, I don't love the condemnation of this world or the corruption, maybe you say, of this world. All these things that we read about, like he says at the end of verse number 16, they are not of the Father, but they are of the world. They're the world's characteristics. They're the world's cravings. And the world that is corrupt is a world that is condemned. Look at verse 17. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Three things I'll tell you about the world. Number one, the world is perverted. The world is perverted. It is polluted, if you will. Satan takes everything that God makes and says is good and he turns it into something dirty. He turns it into something ugly. He perverts everything that God gives you to enjoy. God says, here is the gift of life. And Satan says, I bring death. 
God says, here is human sexuality. And Satan says, here's homosexuality. Jesus says, the Bible says, here is marriage. And that Satan comes along and says, why do you need that? There's, you can have premarital sex. You can have adultery when you're in the midst of a marital relationship. Or you can have fornication. You can have all of these things. You don't have to wait for marriage. When God says, be filled with the Spirit, Satan says, have a sip of alcohol. When, 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 when Jesus says, try the, try the fruit of the Spirit, Satan says, here are the works of the flesh. When God says, I am sending you my Christ, Satan says, welcome to the Antichrist. What God says is right, Satan says is wrong. What God says is wrong, Satan says is right. And the world has bought into it because of its prince. And we live upside down. We can hardly tell what is right from what is wrong. From what is clean and what is dirty. The world is perverted. Number two, the world is pained. It's pain. There is pain that comes. Why? What's the source? It's sin. Sin has ruined everything, even the world, even creation itself, the, the planet, the people, and the pattern are all pained because of sin. He says in verse 17, this world is passing away. It's coming to a close. It's coming to an end. The planet is. So are the people. And so is this pattern. He says, not only is the world passing away, he says, and the lust of it, the ways of it are also passing away. This whole created order is waiting for Jesus' return. Waiting for Him to put everything straight. Listen to this. The Bible says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. What's he talking about? He's talking about the second coming of Christ. He's talking about our return then to Him. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. The planet is pained and waiting for the structure to be redone. The whole universe fits into that category. The people need Jesus. And we need His return. 
We need him to set us right again. But the ways of the world, it needs redemption. It needs a complete overhaul. Listen, I'm as interested in the election (laughs) as I am anything in whether we're talking about the presidential election or local elections. I'm interested in those things. We're not going to fix the world's way of thinking by electing somebody to office. It's not a mind change. It is a heart change. Something that only Jesus can do. And until He comes and sits on that throne in Jerusalem and rules the world, we'll not have the world the way that we really want to love it. So I'll give you three. Let me give you this one. I've kind of already hinted at it. The world is passing. The world is passing. That's what John plainly says. The world is passing away, he says. And Peter talks about the planet melting away with that fervent heat. But everything is going. Everything that is defiled will be done away with. Listen. Satan is piloting a sinking ship. Don't get on board with that. Because it's going down. If we can, we can paint, the, paint the planks all that we want to, make it beautiful. It's still sinking. And aside from Jesus, there's not any hope for that. So what does he say about you? I'm thankful after verses 15 and 16 and half of 17 that finally he throws a but in there. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now listen. Yes, he's talking about you and eternal life. You can abide forever. Just like we sang out of that song out of Psalm 23 a few moments ago. I will abide in the house of the Lord forever. That's what we look forward to, right? Is that all he's talking about here? No, he's, he's not been talking about the people up to this point. He's been talking about the ways, the process, the patterns of this world, right? That means that you have to stand against the thinking that the world tries to place on you. The values that the world tries to give to you. You stand with Him in obedience, swimming upstream to go against the flow. Means you're not in the lane all by yourself. Everything else is coming at you. And it takes a conscious decision of your will every day to say, I am going to obey the Lord. It's not that I demonstrate my love for God by not loving the world. fact that I have the love of God 
that makes me not love the world. And I can turn my back on it when I can turn my face to Him. And that's what I encourage you to do now. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And just turn to Him. Maybe you feel like you've put all your eggs in this one basket of the world. Of making it a better place, of making life a better place, whatever, whatever that means in your context. But the first ingredient is Jesus. And then he becomes the doer. Would you yield to him today? Maybe that means giving your heart to him. Maybe that means afresh, anew, saying, Jesus, I need revival in my life. And asking for a fresh start. Maybe it means planning your life in our church. Maybe it means yielding to Him some of those areas that you've just not been ready to yield to Him yet. Today's the day. Father, You know every person in this building. You know where they are in relationship to You. You know what they need to do. You know You know what's going on in their heart and in their mind right now and how you need to move them. I pray that you'd have freedom today. That your spirit would bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and that we follow you. Help us to abide in you today and for forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me where you are. If you want to come to the altar, please come. If I can help you, I'll do that too. You come to me. Okay? Sean? Pastor Tim thanks you for joining us here today on Britt David Podcast. And he would like to invite you to check out our past messages here in our podcast library. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BrittDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.